It is good to see you this morning. I'm reminded on a, a rainy Mother's Day morning like we've had of several years ago, back before Katrina at Elysian Fields, it came one of these floods, uh, just about church time, Sunday school time. And uh, we got the kids to church. We were picking up a lot of kids on the van, and, uh, but most people, other people couldn't get there. And we couldn't get them home, even in a van. So uh, we wound up having uh, kids in the gym there for several hours. Our sanctuary was leaking badly, and uh, we couldn't go in there. So it was an interesting morning. So I'm glad that we were, you were able to make it to church. I know some people weren't. Juan, for instance, uh, takes the bus here, and uh, the buses. Uh, we're not running, probably still not for a while, so uh, we need to remember those. I uh, saw some people out at the bus stop early and went out to, to speak to them. And there were three folks out there, one lady waiting to go to, to work at a hotel and found out the buses weren't running and a couple of other folks there. So tough times for some people this morning. But uh, mothers are very important to us. I, I read a, a story that says, that uh, there was a boat out to sea carrying a father and his old daughter. And uh, they were just out for a little, little ride in their small boat and suddenly a storm uh, caught them and carried them further out to sea. The coast was pretty dangerous. And uh, the mother who was at home in a house right by the, the shore lit a lamp just in case they uh, might see the lamp and know which way to come. Uh, young man, uh, her son was there in the house and he said, mom, that won't do any good. There's no way they'll see that lamp. But sure enough, the father and little girl out into the stormy weather saw the lamp and the father was able to row toward that lamp and make it in, uh, in safely. Uh, and uh, as they came in, the mother said, thank God and uh, how did you get here? And they said, we steered by mother's lamp. And uh, the little boy, he wasn't so little anymore, said, uh, I am glad that you put the lamp out. Several years later, he was very sick and, and dying, but uh, he told his mother, don't worry about me. I am heading for the light that my mother showed. His mother had shown the way spiritually and he had come to know Jesus as his savior, steering for the mother's life. Back during Hurricane Katrina and the weeks following that, a man was uh, delivering some things in a truck somewhere in the city and nightfall had betaken him. And those of you that were here during that time remember how dark it was in the city. And he called his mother from his truck and said, Mom said, I don't know where I'm gonna to stay tonight. And it's so dark around here and I'm a little concerned. And she said, son, look for a steeple. Look for a church that's, that's lit and go there and they'll give you help. There weren't many lighted steeples around. It just so happens the seminary had gotten electricity uh, pretty quickly. And he headed toward the steeple of the, the seminary and told him his situation. And the, the guards 
uh, let him in and found him a place to sleep that night uh, because of a mother's guidance. Go for the steeple. I'm thankful for a mother who guided uh, our family to Jesus. I'm very thankful for that. We're going to look today at 1 Samuel chapter 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1. This is the account of uh, uh, the birth of the prophet Samuel, uh, for whom 1 and 2 Samuel uh, are named. I want to begin reading in uh, verse 1 and read uh, uh, quite a ways through the chapter in the beginning. 1 Samuel chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. Now there was a certain man from Ramatham Zophim, from the hill country of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, an Ephraimite. He had two wives, and the name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Penanah. And Penanah had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man would go up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests to the Lord there. When the day came that Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all of her sons and her daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had closed her womb. Her rival, however, would provoke her bitterly to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. It happened year after year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she would provoke her. So she wept and would not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep and why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not better to you than ten sons? So here we see... Uh, this man with two wives, one wife had children, the other wife, who seemed to be his favorite wife, Hannah, had no children. And she grieved over this. And especially, it seems, the times of worship, when they would go up to Shiloh. This was before the building of the temple in Jerusalem. And at Shiloh was the place of worship where the Ark of the Covenant was and the tabernacle had been set up there, and people would come there to worship, just as later they would go to Jerusalem. And when Elkanah came there with his wives, his wife Penina, with children, seemed to love to aggravate Hannah. Talk about her not being able to have children, and probably bragging about her children, and Hannah felt awful about this and probably let her husband know, look what your other wife is doing. And, and Elkanah said, but look what I do for you. He gave a double portion to, to Hannah than he did to any of Penanah's side. And he said, am I not better than 10 children for you? He was feeling pretty good about himself as we husbands sometimes do. But uh, this did not satisfy Hannah. She was desperate. She was a, a soon-to-be mother, 
desperate, desperate for God to do something in her life, desperate for her sadness to be taken away, for the ridicule that her rival, the other wife, was giving her and said these things. Verse 9 says, Then Hannah rose after eating and drinking in Shiloh. They had their meal together uh, there. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the temple of the Lord, where the place of worship was. She, greatly distressed, prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. She made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and a razor shall never come on his head. So she promised, Lord, if you'll give me a son, I will give him back to you, and a razor will never touch his head. Similar to Samson's uh, mother's promise, uh, which was a symbol of the Nazarite vow, and similar here for for Samuel, that promise that uh, Razor would not touch his head, he would be dedicated to the Lord. She was desperate and prayed, and, and Eli saw her and thought she was drunk. He saw her lips moving, he saw that she was in an emotional state, and he said, someone's come to worship drunk. And uh, verse 14, then Eli said to her, how long will you make yourself drunk? Put away wine from you. But Hannah replied, no, my Lord, I am a woman oppressed in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a worthless woman, for I have spoken until now out of my great concern and provocation. She was desperate. Elisa Morgan was the president of an organization called MOPS, Mothers of Preschoolers uh, International. And she wrote this. She said, I'm probably the least likely person ever to head a mothering organization. I grew up in a broken home. My parents were divorced when I was five. My older sister, younger brother, and I were raised by an alcoholic mother. By the way, I listened to Bethel Colony this morning at the beginning of their service, and it was pretty amazing hearing the testimonies of the men and women. Some of them were mothers who uh, have been uh, healed of their addictions and giving praise to that. Others who were praising God that their mothers were healed, some requesting prayer for their mothers. One man spoke up and said, this is the first time in 24 years that my family has all been together sober. Pretty neat to hear those stories. Well, back to Elisha Morgan. While my mother meant well, truly she did. Most of my memories are of my mothering her rather than her mothering me. Alcohol altered her love, turning it into something that wasn't wasn't love. I remember her weaving down the hall of our ranch home in Houston, Texas, a glass of scotch in hand. She would wake me at 2 a.m. just to make sure I was asleep. I would wake her at 7 a.m. to try to get her off to work. Sure, there were good times like Christmas and birthdays when 
she went all out and celebrated us children. But even those days ended with the warped glow of alcohol. What she did right was lost and what she did wrong. Ten years ago, when I was asked to consider leading Mops International, a vital ministry that nurtures mothers, I went straight to my knees and then to the therapist's office. How could God use me, who had never been mothered, to nurture others? The answer came as I gazed into the eyes of other moms around me and saw their needs, mirroring my own. God seemed to take my deficits and make them my offering. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. God hears the cries of desperate moms and reaches out to them with help, even with somebody who was not mothered in the way that she would like to have been. And here Hannah has cried out to the Lord, thought to be drunk, thought to be as as uh, she said, thought to be a worthless woman. And then, but she was praying. And then Eli said to her, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant your petition that you have asked of him. She said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate and her face was no longer sad. She'd been told her prayer would be answered. Verse 19, then she arose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord and returned again to their house in Ramah. And Elkanah had relations with Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. It came about in due time after Hannah had conceived that she gave birth to a son. And she named him Samuel, saying, because I have asked him of the Lord. And this means, Samuel means the Lord hears or the Lord answers. Then the man Elkanah went up with all his household to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and pay his vow. But Hannah did not go up for she said to her husband, I will go up. I, I will not go up until the child is weaned. Then I will bring him that he may appear before the Lord and stay here forever. God answered Hannah's prayers as he had been promised to us and gave her a son, a gift of a son. But then Hannah remembered her promise to God. She had asked God for a son, said, if you will give me a son, I will give him to you and he will serve you forever. And as uh, Elkanah would go up to worship. Hannah said, let me stay here and raise our son. And when he's of the right age, I'll take him and dedicate him to the Lord. And Elkanah said, do what seems best to you. Remain until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord confirm his word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. Now, when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with a three-year-old bull and with an ephah of flour and a jug of wine and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh, although the child was young. So we think of a child weaned, we think of one, two, maybe in that day, three. Some have suggested that this 
uh, might have been a little older. He might have been seven or eight or, or nine. Uh, we know he was young, but we know he was uh, uh, able to be cared for there at the temple because later on it says he worshiped God. But Hannah remembered her promise. What a sacrifice to, to leave at the place of worship with the priest Eli, her only son. But she had made that promise. She had been fulfilled in having this child and she wanted to remember her promise to God. And she carried him up. And in verse 26, she said, Oh my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. For this boy I prayed, and the Lord has given me my petition, which ask of him. So I have also dedicated him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is dedicated to the Lord. I wonder if Eli thought when she told this, when she told this to him earlier, is she going to keep that promise? If she has a child, will she really keep that promise? And I wonder if he was surprised when she showed up a few years later with the, the child, dedicating him to the Lord. But she brought him and did what she says. And amazingly, the last words of this chapter, and he worshiped the Lord there. This is referring to Samuel. Samuel worshiped the Lord there. I think this is talking about, you know, it, it looks like it's something that happened instantly. Maybe when she brought him, maybe it was when he got a little older, it referred to his next years. As he grew, as he matured, that he had a practice of worshiping God in the midst of this place. But I think it points clearly to the fact that Hannah raised him to follow God. She raised him to know God and to take, take special care that, that she knew God. I'm thankful that my four children have a godly mother that pointed them to the Savior from their early days, sang to them uh, songs about Jesus, read to them Bible stories and scriptures in, in doing that pointing them to Jesus. And we can thank God that they now worship the Lord. Hannah was a, man, was a woman who was desperate. God answered her prayers and she kept her promise. She received a gift of a child, Samuel, and she made a gift of that son. Now, Scripture goes on to tell us later that God gave her more children. And uh, so she was more than compensated for that. But she kept in touch with Samuel as uh, the following verses that we care for. And she uh, made a robe for him and brought that robe to him and cared for him. And I think it's uh, in part due to a godly mother that led Samuel to become a mighty prophet of God even to the point of being able to anoint King David as the greatest uh, earthly king that Israel ever had because he was guided 
and directed from his early days by a godly mother and a mother who kept her vow to God. I'm thankful for mothers and I challenge mothers and aunts and grandmas and uncles and fathers and brothers, grandparents. Let's lead our children to Jesus so that they may worship him as well. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you that he came and died on the cross for our sins. And Lord, today, if there's someone who's never said yes to Jesus, who's never accepted him as Lord, I pray that they would say, yes, today, I follow my Lord. Lord, if there are other decisions that need to be made today, we ask that you would speak and guide our hearts towards you. We pray in Jesus' name.